0: Clap clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shure Parks and Kyle Newbeck Here they go.
1: But I also do wanna, you know, to, to shift on from the maps. I do want to talk about the James Harden article that came. out Because you just mentioned Harden is Harden is getting close to the player he was. He'll probably never be the exact same player. But like he had 19 and 10 at halftime tonight. I mean, he is like playing at an unbelievable level right now. I think when he's playing like that, you can make the argument they're at their best when he's their best offensive player over Joel just because of what he does and how he gets guys involved. And that's no knock on Joel. It's just how good he, Harden is as, as a floor general and as a passer. But there was an article this week from The Athletic. Um, it was a long article as most Athletic articles are, and it uh, you know, it was basically saying James really I'm going to paraphrase here, but I think it's pretty accurate. James really has interest in going back to Houston. Like my overall vibe from reading it was James Hart is in Houston. He wants to be there. He wants to end his career there. He has ties to it. It's a very real possibility. I'm curious, you know, in the article, it talked about how the Sixers can pay him more money, obviously, and that's going to be a factor. But I saw a good article today on LibertyBallers.com that highlighted that It might only be five or six million dollars over four years. It's not going to be a a ton more money, and when you factor in the state tax, it might not be more money at all. So you're around, James, and we've talked about this. But curious if this article changes your opinion at all. For me, it really did make it feel like the Houston, him leaving for Houston, is a really real possibility. Curious what you thought of it.
0: I have two thoughts that are going to seem like they're completely disconnected, but I promise that they, they can, wow. they, so- can co-ex- they can coexist in the same person. Um, I don't like, I don't really think that there is anything that noteworthy in that article. And I respect the reporting of, uh, of Sam and Kelly who put that out. And I just, I don't know why we're even talking about this at this point. Like, I think there's a very real possibility that James goes to Houston, right? Like, I think that if you hear this as often and as consistently as we have, that at a certain point, it's like people are hearing things for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. I think the best recent example of this is when LeBron goes back to L.A., there was a lot of smoke in the year leading up. Like he's going to go to the Lakers. And at the time it looks really stupid, right? Because they were nothing but a bunch of young players and assets and whatever. And Oh, LeBron's going to go LeBron, who is carving out a path to potentially be the greatest player of all time. Who wants to compete for championships, whatever. He's going to go join this young team with no real trajectory over staying in Cleveland on a, team he's contended with over and over again or going to the Sixers who were the other big suitor at the time took a meeting with his agent all that who had at the time we thought Ben Simmons is this big ascending star Joel Embiid obviously was a big ascending star but clearly we're in a better position to compete right then than the Lakers were yep and LeBron goes to the Lakers anyway because of you know 800 different reasons space jam too yeah And so it's why I do say, despite the fact that I'm like, I don't care about this story and it's just no real new news. But I do also say (laughs) James could very well leave for Houston. Like As much as I say all this stuff, like he's a loser if he goes back there because he doesn't want to win. There are so many things that can change, right? Between right now on March the 2nd, the Houston Rockets are a disaster. Like present day – one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the league, might get the number one overall pick, are going to be more concerned with whether they get Scoot Henderson or Victor Wembanyama or what they can do in the, like, whatever. But they could also take all that they have, which is, you know, whatever you think of their young talent, all the draft picks that they got from Brooklyn, draft picks and draft swaps in that trade that sent James to Brooklyn in the first place, And they could just say, we're going to completely flip the team in a matter of, I don't know, you could say in a day, a week, whatever it is, James in it, like now that James has an agent, that's the other thing. It's like, James doesn't need to negotiate this summer, right? If we're just talking strictly, this is the contract I'm getting and how long I'm getting it for. His play has been good enough that he's going to sign for the most amount of years and the most amount of money he can get. You don't have wiggle room in negotiations anymore, right? Unless he suffers a devastating injury or he has the worst playoff run in the history of basketball. I just don't see a scenario where James gets anything less than the max, right? So no need to have an agent to negotiate. The reason you have an agent is because that's someone who can do all the like in-between stuff and the, the weird tampering and talking to other agents of other people and say, hey, James might be interested in playing with so-and-so. Where where are they at with their happiness with their team, with their contract, and so on and so forth? And look, like James could do that, but I don't think James is going to do that while he's actively in pursuit of a title in Philadelphia. But now this gives James someone by his side who's saying hey, look, I can do this for you. So you have all the options on the table in the offseason. So while I still think it's a loser move if he goes there, because I just don't think you're going to turn Houston from a, a bullshit team into a contender overnight,
1: I do think that it should be taken seriously. So it's funny you say that you have kind of conflicting thoughts It it, inside. I kind of have the same like on one hand, if you look at Houston, they have the most cap space projected this summer, they might have the number one pick they have all those picks. And I think it's important when talking about this to put yourself in how we're going to feel when or if they lose in the second round, because if that happens. James can definitely make a case in his head. Okay, I'll take Bradley Beal with me to Houston and, and I'll also have the number one pick. Or I'll take Jimmy, I don't know, Jimmy, like whoever, somebody else with you that that's a star that might get moved. Or, or
0: even um, like take it a step further. If they get the number one pick, that's the most valuable draft asset in like, yeah, maybe the history like of the LeBron, league. Since, like, I mean, yeah. It, if they were to say, we'll trade this pick in a deal to get, another star like let's say they get James to commit and James is like I'm only going to commit if you trade for one if not more than one guy to come mm-hmm. here with me and I'm like the godfather in Houston but I also have you know two or two a plus type running mates if Houston were to put Victor Wembanyama on the table that is like maybe the most fascinating trade scenario in the history of the league. And you could go to maybe like as many as like 20 teams and say, would you trade your best player just for that pick? Now, obviously you have to do all the salary matching. And yeah, that yeah, stuff, right, but right. Like, but that, that immediately becomes, if you get that pick and look, they're going to have about as good a chance.
1: as yeah. anybody What is it now? League. It's like the top three have an equal chance is how it works. Yeah. Right?
0: It's so I don't, uh, don't quote me. I don't know the. Exact
1: well, Tankathon has to the top it. three teams at having a 14% chance, which makes me say that. Yeah. So and like, you go yeah. down to the
0: sixth team, you have a 9% chance at six, seven and a half at seven. So, like, even if yeah. they don't have an overwhelming chance to get the number one pick, but it's a good chance. And in the scenario where Harden's coming and you want to compete right away. You could. I'm not saying it's the smart thing to do. I honestly think you'd probably be better off just keeping Wembanyama and moving everything else and you know, not doing that. mm -hmm. But if you wanted to say, we want to go for it right now, there is no better way to do that than just saying, here's Victor on a platter for whoever wants it. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's let's get it
1: done. what I always thought has been intriguing, and we'll tie this back more to the Sixers in a second. This isn't a, a Rockets pod, but uh, you know, even though you
0: want it to be something. Yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, yeah, let's be real. They lost tonight. Let's talk about a fun rumor. But I do think there's an intriguing part for James of, I have Victor Webb and Yama. I have all these young players around me. I can kind of like not ride off into the sunset, but if these guys develop around me and he's playing like a top whatever player right now, top 10, 12, however far you want to stretch it. That there's an intriguing part of that where he's not going there, where he has to win the title next year. He's going there with okay, next year maybe we compete, and then if these guys develop the year after, I have like two or three really really good guys around me that I can you know be the third fiddle to uh, for the final two or three years of my career. But from a Sixers perspective, and this is my con- my kind of counterpart to how I'm feeling about like the fear of losing him because he's playing really well and it feels like a really real chance. The counter to that is it's hard for me to envision a scenario where. We're on this pod saying, give Harden the max and you have to do it. And he says no to that because if they lose in the second round and, you know, there's a, a tons of variations of way they could lose. But if they lose in the second round, more than likely, we're probably sitting here and going, do you want to run it back with this team? What move can you make to, to make it different? Right? So in that case, we're probably not saying you have to pay Harden the max. If They win the title at that point. You're like, well, they just won the title. So if he leaves, it sucks, but it is what it is. And then if they flame out, we're probably not. Banner even
0: hangs forever. It doesn't matter if it's one or or ten. You, that right. banner's always going to be up there.
1: So it's hard for me to envision a scenario where Maury is on the phone with Harden saying, "We really, really, really want you back," and he says no. It just feels like this will this will solve itself. You know, I, I don't. I think the the scenario where it becomes a real conflict is such a small percentage of happening. They would have to like lose the conference finals in a really close series, or and then like, but also they're playing well enough that you envision it's worth running it back for them. So while I do think there's a good chance he leaves and I agree with you, like I think his heart is in Houston. I think it almost might even be decided that this is what he's going to do. Like he's already painted the picture in his head of what he's going to do. I think this is probably the last real run with this team anyway. So I, I don't know if it matters that much. Um, <sighs> Sorry. I cough there.
0: That's okay. I've been like half burping for this. Well, I, and I'll say reason. this: uh. this is
1: a good time to bring it up. Like, so people have been leaving five-star reviews, which is very nice. A lot of kind things. I'm aware there's been an issue with the mic. I talked to my work today about it. I'm trying to figure it out. So if hopefully it doesn't happen today. I think we've got a potential fix there. But just want to say that to all the loyal listeners. I apologize for the mic. I'm sure it's annoying when it spikes in your ear. But we are working on it to make it better. So thank you for those who have left five star reviews while also saying the mic
0: thing. Well, so I haven't heard any audio spikes so far. So hopefully that's. I also never do true either. I think. The, it's... Uh, yeah. I, I definitely didn't... hear them when they normally happen. So. Cool. All right. Awesome. Um, Maybe it was a setting. I try to just uh, <laughs> now. I just I try to be professional and power through. So. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, to that last point that you were making about you know, if if they win a title or they don't or they lose in the second round like. I mean the move to make and it all circles back to Maxi. If they don't win, you trade Tobias Tobias is expiring, Maxi and anything else that isn't nailed down, you go and try to get the best third guy you can, and that's it. Like, but that's only you can only do that if James signs the long-term deal. If he opts out and it's he's like, I'm here for four years, I'm here till the wheels fall off. That's the only way you can do it. Because you know, if you sign him and he does the thing that NBA players are doing now or they're here for a year and then it's he like,
1: leaves. yeah, nah,
0: you know, I I went out and they asked for a trade. Like, maybe the contract is toxic at that point, but it feels like he's trending away from that sort of future where James is really good again. And there are a lot of teams that if they were to acquire him and add him to whatever they have, that that changes their fortunes a little bit. So. You know, I, I think in a reality where you get James to commit long-term, if they've flamed out, now I'm not saying that this is definitely what you do, but if you're asking, all right, how do they go from, they're still losing in the second round to potential contender? That to me is the most obvious one. It's, you know, if James commits, then you kind of have to abandon the idea of, well, Maxie's the safeguard against uh, James leaving because James is here and Joel is here and right. If those two guys are gunning for a title and this is the window, right, then and you, have to f- much. you have to focus on that window. Like this is no disrespect to Tyrese and how good he is right now, how good he can be over the long term. But there are some weird, funky fit things. It's the reason we're talking about different starting lineups. It's the reason that Doc went to DeAnthony Melton for a while. You know, it's the reason he's been up and down. Like he's a small shooting guard. That kind of is what he is. He's not a real Point guard. He's a point guard sized player pl- who has a shooting guard skill set. And so that's the sort of guy that's going to be tricky to integrate within a contender in a high volume role. And oh, by the way, he's also approaching the time where he's probably going to get a gigantic extension at some point in the next, you know, year, mm-hmm. year and a half. Uh, well, really just the next six months, maybe. Yeah. Uh, was, I would it, assume it would he probably. Option, isn't it? I would assume he's going to get one before the before the start of next season, if I had to guess. Um, So yeah, like the time to move him is prior to that extension. When it's like, whoever is trading for him is signing him to that deal. And now it has Maxi under team control for four or five years. You get Tobias is expiring. If, if Maxi grows, and maybe you can lure somebody young to play with him. You make another trade, you have the salary slot open up. So that's the sales pitch to somebody else. And then on the Sixers end, you're saying we got to go for it because it's only a, a matter of time before James or Joel or both decide I can't win together or, I don't like this guy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. These are all conversations that hinge on what happens in the playoffs. Like I I would love to live in a world for my own, you know, workflow where I don't have to think about fake trades and free agency and all this stuff where they well, go win the title a, and it just run it back. Right and... now, but
1: yeah, I have a fake trade for you <laughs> right now, but, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll save it. We'll get right into Milwaukee. Um, Actually, no, I won't. So Victor, Weminyama, you mentioned 20 teams would probably trade their best player real quick before we get into it. If you're the Sixers and you have the ability to trade him for Embiid, would you do it? no but there
0: would be a lot of people who would i
1: mean okay
0: because look i think he like if you're going to say there's a sure thing i don't think there are ever sure things because of injuries and whatever like this yeah. is the guy right it's got guard skills he's absolutely gigantic great defender he looks every bit like he's going to be the next generation guy right. um well Durant if he were also like a center rim protector which he's gonna have to fill out and get stronger there's gonna be some concern about whether some like older veteran guys can just bully him early on obviously the wingspan and the height is a great equalizer but it's the same thing to a lesser extent that Chet Holmgren is gonna deal with when he actually plays next year because guy is huge and was a great defender at the college level but is rail skinny and it's like you know how does that work in the early days so i still don't think like you have a guy that you know is a genuine superstar mvp level guy in his prime can win a title and like yeah there are all these question marks with joel still trying to get it done but we don't have any idea how when career is going to turn out and almost every time that you trade a, a superstar level player for, you know, we're trying to get younger. We're betting on this guy and upside and all that. It almost always goes wrong. Always, it, mm-hmm. it never, rarely, ever favors the team that's going for the prospect rather than the guy who's, you know, the much better player at that time.